gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. You know, this entire season uh, for the WNBA, most the, the, the thing that's been dominating the headlines, of course, is the retirement of Sue Bird. Which which is understandable. We know how important Sue Bird is to the game. We know how important Sue Bird is to basketball as a whole, for women, for for just hoopers in general. So so you know the the curtain call and the the red the red red curtain for or the red carpet let's say for Sue Bird this entire season. It's understandable. But one person that's also retiring and that played her last game the other day was Sylvia Fowles. And I want to give a shout out to Sylvia Fowles. I want to start this episode with giving out a uh, shout out to Sylvia Fowles. You know, we talk about greats in the WNBA. Um, You know, we got Lisa Leslie. We we got some of the great big, big women, I guess you can say, in in the WNBA. And Sylvia Fowles deserves to be right there. You know, she played for the Phoenix, Phoenix, oh no, not Phoenix. She played for the Minnesota Lynx. She played for Chicago Sky. Sylvia Fowles is one of the best players and one of the, the when you talk about, when you describe the WNBA, when you, when you, 25 years from now, 30 years from now, you can't properly describe or you can't properly talk about or explain the WNBA without mentioning Sylvia Fowles' name. Now, no, she wasn't the most critically, you know, she, not critically acclaimed. She wasn't the most accomplished as far as the most rings, the most champions. She she didn't have that, but she is one of the greatest. And what she did have, she had two WNBA uh, championships, two WNBA Finals MVP. She has an MV, a WNBA MVP, eight-time All-Star, three-time First Team, four-time Second Team, four-time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, seven-time All Defensive All Defensive First Team, three-time All Defensive Second Team, two-time Blocks Leader, two-time uh, Rebound Leader, two-time NBA Peak Performer. She was all rookie team. She made the all 25 anniversary team. She's also a two-time Turkish Cup winner, two-time European Super Cup champion, uh, two-time Euro Euro League champion. She was a SEC player of the year. She was also a two-time W WCBA champion. She's also a four-time Olympic gold medalist and a once world champion for the Czech Republic. Sylvia Fowles will go down as one of the greatest basketball, one of the greatest women basketball players to ever play. Her name deserves up there to be with Lisa Leslie, Candace Parker, um, Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, some of the greats, Tina Charles, when it's all said and done. I do want to say congratulations and shouts out to Sylvia Fowles for an incredible career. Again, I'm, I don't want to step on Sue Bird, you know, retiring. She played her last regular season game as well. But I, I, I do want to give proper proper time and a proper 
send off because the, the the Minnesota Lynx didn't make didn't make the playoffs. So I do want to give her a proper send off and congratulations and shouts out to Sylvia Fowles, one of the greatest WNBA players to ever play, one of the greatest big big women, uh, big men, you know, big women in the league as far as centers and and power forwards go. So congratulations, Sylvia Fowles. Shouts out to her. So moving forward, like I said, we're in the, 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 the regular, the WNBA regular season came to a conclusion and we have the playoff matchups. We have the Vegas aces going against the Phoenix Mercury, uh, Seattle storm going against Washington mystics, Chicago Sky going against New York Liberty and Connecticut Sun going against the Dallas Wings. This was one of the most, this is one of the closest races, especially, you know, for the last spot that we've seen. It was Minnesota. I know it was the, of course, L.A. I mean, not L.A. L.A. was in it, but they lost. Um, I know the the Liberty that ultimately made it. This is going to be a very interesting uh, playoffs. I, I do think that there's, clear-cut favorites but i think that anybody can win this that's how good in the that's how much the talent is spread in the WNBA. um i do want to say there is a race for the mv uh WNBA mvp between asia wilson and brianna stewart i would have given it to asia wilson just because of the fact that her team finished of course in the number in the first overall seed i do think that she has a better team overall than Brianna Stewart, even though. But I don't remember who said it. And shouts out to them. I think it was. I don't remember who said it, but I think that the the Vegas Aces play better because of how good Asia Wilson is. I think that Brianna Stewart and the the Storm. You know, you still have Jewel Lloyd. You still have Sue Bird. They have good pieces, and Brianna Stewart is playing incredible. Like they they. She 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 played incredible this entire year, which is of course why she's in the MVP discussion. But I think that while yes, you can say the Vegas Aces are a better team overall than the Seattle Storm, I do think that the Vegas Aces are a better team because of how good Asia Wilson is, and the fact that because Asia Wilson is so good, Chelsea Gray can play well, um, Kelsey Plum can play well. That's it. it just it. It just matriculate or triculates down because of how good Asia Wilson is. And don't get me wrong, Brianna Stewart is one of the best to ever do it. She she will go down even if she quit or retired today. She will go down as one of the best WNBA players. Maybe not the most accomplished, even though she does have some hardware. But Brianna Stewart definitely deserves to be in that conversation. And I do want to shout that out. But again. We're in the play. Uh, the playoffs start the fifteenth, or they start tomorrow. They start sometime. I don't remember when they start. They start soon, and I guess I'll give my predictions of the first round. You got the Vegas Aces going against the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, I just there's been a lot of turmoil around Phoenix this entire year, uh, even going into the playoffs, seeing as though you know. You you had the Tina Charles situation where she had the contract divorce, which I think is a very stupid term. Like, just say the, 
you trade her or you you just let her go. Like, that's how it is. But that the contract divorce, Tina Charles ends up in Seattle. Uh, you have the Skylar Diggins who do the personal issue. She didn't finish out the regular season with the with the Mercury. I do want to see you know if she comes back and when she comes back. If it's going to be for the first round of the playoffs. It's just been a lot of turmoil, of course, with Diana Taurasi. Is this her last year? Is it not? It's just been a lot. And I think even though you have good pieces, again, Skylar Diggins, in my opinion, is probably going to be first team all WNBA. Uh, I, the Vegas Aces are a better team. They're just a better team all around. They they have been firing on all cylinders since the beginning. I think that the loss last year definitely has fueled them this year. And I I have the Vegas Aces winning that. Probably I don't I don't know if Phoenix is gonna win a game, even if everyone is healthy. Or or everyone's healthy in there. I just don't I just don't think Phoenix has it. Because of again, it, it's just been a lot. It's been a lot this entire year and Vegas Aces, Vegas Aces. I, I possibly Vegas Aces. I have Vegas, Vegas Aces winning uh, against Phoenix. So then you have the four-five matchup: Seattle, Seattle Storm against the Washington Mystics. Of course, I'm going to be biased. I think that you know last year the Mystics didn't make the playoffs, but Atlanta Deladon wasn't healthy. Alana Deladon's back. Uh, Shakira Austin has been incredible. I think she's definitely uh, in the run. Well, I think Ryan Howard probably won that, but she's in the running for. I think she's definitely going to make all all rookie team. Um, Ariel Atkins has been great. It, I just think now Seattle Storm they have some pieces. They have <laughs> Tina Charles who played for Washington Mystics last year. They have Brianna Stewart, of course, who's an MVP candidate. I think that this is going to be a very even matchup. You know what I mean? I, I think, but I'm going to go with the the Aces. The nice. I'm, I'm going to go with the the Washington Mystics. I just think the Washington. I mean, I, that's a homer pick. That's a homer pick. I'm just be real with you. That's a homer pick. Washington Mystics. You have you have you know Elena Deladon who. I feel the Mystics would have made the playoffs if they had Deladon last year plus Tina Charles. I can imagine what that that would have looked like. But Shakira Austin has played great. Um, Natasha Cloud has played great. I think I still think she should have been an All Star. I still think that she should have. I think that she should be in the first team All Defense. This this is going to be a great. It's going to. I think this is going to be the most evenly matchup or even matchup seeing as all, even though it is four and five. And I, I have the the Washington Mystics winning. I, I just think we they're playing they they're going into the going into the playoffs hot. And Elena Deladon hasn't been in the playoffs in a while. So, uh, and I think last time she was there, we won the or they won the WNBA championship. If I'm not mistaken, or maybe the year before. I don't know. But I got the Washington Mystics winning. Chicago, uh, number two, Chicago Sky against number seven, New York Liberty. The New York Liberty is has has been a good run. <laughs> I think Chicago Sky and Vegas Aces have been going back and forth as the best team in all of WNBA. Um, when you have uh, Cooper, when you have Candace Parker, you have Vandersloot, you have Quigley. Well, yes, the New York Liberty, they, they have... Sabrina Descu, uh Bredeja Laney. They they have pieces, you know what I'm saying? I just 
it's going to be hard. I don't I don't see them beating maybe a game, but I don't see them going up against uh the Chicago Sky especially when they're firing all cylinders. So it was a good run. Shouts out to them, but I have the Chicago Sky winning. Uh in fact, I don't even know if New York's going to win a game. And then it kind of goes the same for the Connecticut Sun and the Dallas Wings. Losing Arike Ogunawale, I think that's gonna that's huge for Dallas. I think that kind of sh- just shoots any hope they have of of upsetting the Connecticut Sun. When you have um, Dewana Bonner and John Quell Jones and Asia Clark, it's it's you're losing your best player and you're losing your star player. You're losing your best scorer and Arike for the Dallas wings. And I think that that's, that's just a death note for them. So I have Connecticut winning. Um, I have Connecticut winning that round. So I'm interested to see, uh, of course, once we get to the next round, I'll, I'll give my predictions, but I do think that right now it's kind of a, it feels like a collision course for Chicago and, and Vegas, kind of how it was last year. It They've been good outside. I mean, I'm still holding hope for my Washington Mystics, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. But that's, those are my predictions. Again, what do you guys think? I will you know, leave a description below. Let me know what you think. So let's move forward. So, again, I'm continuing my breakdown or bringing guests on and breaking down the division in the the NFL uh, before the season starts. And the one we're going to tackle today is the AFC North. You know, we have the Bengals, we have the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. I wanted to bring my man Marcus, the host of the Goat Talk podcast. I'll leave his information in the description below. But we had a really good conversation and, and broke down every team. We talked about Deshaun Watson a little bit. So, you know, trigger warning, if you don't want to hear about Deshaun Watson, I would definitely skip that part. Uh, we talked about Lamar Jackson and his contract negotiation. We talked about the future of the Steelers and there's ha- there were some pretty hot predictions about the Bengals. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Marcus, the host of the Ghost Talk Goat Talk podcast. Um, so we're talking about the NFC North, which had to be the most eventful uh division of this entire offseason, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into we'll get into all of it. But let's let's start with to me probably the quietest team, but not the quietest team. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is in a place right now, in my opinion, that they have not been in a while. They're searching for answers. You know, they, they if they, when they usually didn't have a, 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 a quarterback, they had a, a great defense. Maybe their defense might have slipped up a little bit, which it hasn't in a while, but they, they could lean on big men. Yeah. Well, now... Of course, you have TJ Watt, but your defense isn't exactly what it's been. And you don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. You got Kenny, what, Kenny Pickett. You have Mr. Bisky. You have Mason Rudolph, which I don't understand how that's even in the question, seeing as what we've seen. Let's just speak on the quarterback position at this point. Who, who do you feel should be the, the, the day one starter? And do you feel that? What, what do you what do you feel the status of the of the Pittsburgh Steelers is? 
it's not often in the since Mike since Mike Tomlin's been the head coach that I think the Steelers have made a bad decision. Drafting Kenny Pickett was a terrible decision. It wasn't even just a bad decision. It was a terrible decision. Um, and it's not because Kenny Pickett's not a good quarterback. It's not because Kenny Pickett can't become a good, solid franchise guy. Because I think I think he can. I think any quarterback, if if in the right situation, can do that. Mm-hmm. But I do not. This whole quarterback thing is probably the most head scratching thing for me as someone that I mean, I'm a Packers fan, but yeah. if there's a team that I follow closely right after it would be the Steelers because I love Mike Tomlin. Um, I thought signing Mitchell Trubisky in the offseason was perfectly fine. Um, now I understand that you know, Mitch signed the contract under the having the knowledge that if Kenny was available, they would draft Kenny, um, and that's fine you're in a tough spot here at the quarterback position because you can't start Kenny Pickett week one mm. because then you can't pull him if he's not playing good ball. True. Yeah. If you start Mitchell Trubisky and then you pull Mitch and put in Kenny, if Kenny sticks up the joint, you can't pull Kenny. That's what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. So it's, it's a really tough spot. I think that they should have just left it up because we're talking about a scenario where, First of all, I think that just out of respect for Big Ben and all that Big, Big Ben had done in the series uniform, they let Big Ben stay four years longer than he probably should have. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, look, that adds, I think letting Ben leave on his own terms is respectable, but I also don't think that they did what was necessary to find Ben's replacement. They waited way too long to get Ben's replacement in the door because Mason Rudolph clearly is not the answer. Yeah. Um, and, and good for them for recognizing that. But I guess the long way to answer your question is I've always been in the mindset that Mitch should start and should be the starter because he's the better quarterback mm-hmm. he's not a bad quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky gets a bad rap because of his time in Chicago yeah. and I'm on record as saying that a lot of that has to do with the incompetence of Matt Nagy as a coach and the, the Chicago Bears organization as a whole of just making bad decisions but this is a guy who's been to the playoffs he's won a playoff game he has if I'm not mistaken a winning record as a starter it's not a, a spectacular record but he has found success as a starter mm-hmm. I think Mitchell Trubisky, and I know I'm sure we'll talk about this later on at towards the end of the of the of the of the conversation, but I think Mitchell Trubisky starting all 17 games gives this team a solid shot of making the playoffs. I I I honestly do um, because I'm not that sold on the wide receiver room in Pittsburgh, but it's not a bad wide receiver room. I love Najee Harris. I think he's great. The one the biggest issue outside of the quarterback position though is the offensive line in Pittsburgh yes. because it's old and it's beaten up. Um, aside from that though, if Mitchell Trubisky plays good football and they trust Mitch and he's the week one starter and he plays all 17, no barring injury or sticking up the joint, I think Mitch could lead this team to be, which is right where they've been the past couple of seasons, which is a team that is hovering around playoff contention and a couple of things could happen the right way down the stretch that could push them into the playoffs. Like what happened last season? Well, I agree with majority of what you said. Um, I think what we what what a lot of people tend to forget and i know that you know this is one of the biggest reasons why they picked kenny pickett because he was quote unquote the safe pick when we talk about all the quarterbacks this wasn't the best quarterback draft between him uh uh malik willis uh rit what ritter it it just wasn't wasn't the best so he was pretty much the safest pick what i do agree with you is You didn't have to do that. And am I so 
I understand that it may not be the most flashy and the most popular thing to do, but you have to look at the strength of your team and the weakness of your team. And the strength and the weakness, unfortunately, go hand in hand at this point. The strength of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Najee Harris in the running game. The weakness is the offensive line. So I don't understand. And we talked about, I was on your podcast when we talked about uh, the, 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 the Bears, yep. how they didn't, they didn't address their biggest needs. And I don't feel the, the Pittsburgh Steelers address their biggest needs. Yep. While I, I'm, you may be a little higher on Mr. Bisky as I am, I do think you sign him to be a replacement, not saying you're signing him to be the heir apparent of, um, sure. of Big Ben, but you, he's, he's a capable quarterback. Mm-hmm. And why not wait? If you, if you don't trust what you have, why not wait? Why not wait to maybe next year's draft when you have Bryce Young, when you have a CJ? It's, it's, it just it doesn't make sense to me because now you're going into the season. The offensive line still is pretty weak. Najee Harris is still Najee Harris. So it's just like and, – and now you're in a quarterback battle. And like you said, they put themselves in a bad position because you can't you, – you just signed Mr. Biscay. And you sign him, and like you said, under the pretense that if – Kenny Pickett is available. We're going to go get him. But why sign him to all the money that you gave him? One. Two, like you said, you can't start Kenny Pickett because if he starts stinking up the place, what you can't, you can't move to, to Mitch. Not to mention, you can't not start Mitch because you signed him this, this offseason. Yeah. Mitch has to start week one. He has to. Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky not starting week one. Even, even if the decision makers don't think Mitch deserves to start week one. There's no scenario where Mitch can't start week one. Exactly. Because what that would mean then is if, like I said earlier, if you start Kenny Pickett week one and then you pull Kenny, if he starts to struggle because he's a rookie and that's what rookies do sometimes and you put in Mitch and what you're saying is that a, you, you drafted the wrong guy. Yeah. B, you didn't make a good decision with evaluating who should be starting week one between Pickett and Trubisky. But then most importantly, you didn't really want to sign Trubisky in the first place. Exactly. Which means that either you wanted to go get Matt Ryan and you couldn't, or you wanted to go get Jimmy G and you couldn't, or you wanted to go get Baker Mayfield and you couldn't. Like, or, or you wanted Deshaun Watson and you just didn't That's because what of what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Like That's that right. is what that 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 is why I say this is probably the biggest like question mark of, of the Pittsburgh organization as far as decision-making goes since Mike Tomlin's been there. And Mike Tomlin's been a spectacular head coach and, and, and we've seen a lot of great things come, but this one has to be the most head-scratching scenario. Like we've seen teams clearly come up with plans A's, B's, and C's for situations like this, right? We saw New England who had Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, they drafted Jimmy G. They drafted Jared Sidham, right? They brought in guys so that in the event that something had Jacoby Brissett, so that if something happens, you have your heir apparent to Tom Brady, mm-hmm. right? The Steelers didn't do that. And I don't know if it's because of them letting Ben stay too long. They just kind of forgot or they really had all their eggs in a Deshaun Watson basket. And my, my consp- I have a couple of conspiracy theories. I think that Everyone in Pittsburgh wanted Deshaun Watson except for Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin's a class act guy. And I don't think Mike Tomlin wanted to have to do anything with that. And 
respect to Mike Tomlin, if that is truly what happened, he'll probably write a book about it in a couple of years and we'll find out what the case may be or not. Um, if that is the case, respect to Mike Tomlin, but then you got to have a plan B yes. and a C and a D. And Mitchell Trubisky was not plan A. Couldn't have been plan A. Mitch, but, as much as I think that Mitch deserves a second shot, Mitch was not plan A in Pittsburgh. Honestly, I think their plan A was in, and I know it sounds crazy thing, but I think from what we've seen, their plan A had to be Mason Rudolph was going to develop into something because there should be no reason why he's even in this quarterback battle right now. Yeah. Is, what that tells me is their plan A was, was Mason and they're trying to hold on to that. Yeah. Because if you think about it, let's say, you know, in these last four years, what has happened in the last four years, you could have had a disc, uh, you could have had um, Russell Wilson. You could have had, Hell, you can still get Jimmy G, but there's that it would be it will look really bad. That looks really bad. You go get Jimmy G. Horrible. You could have had Deshaun Watson, but of course, there's the the, the theories going out. Of course, with the draft, you could have had Trevor Lawrence if you wanted to dra- trade. Like there's there's so many things that you could have done. I just feel they had so much respect for Big Ben, which I understand that they put all their eggs in that Mason Rudolph basket. Yeah. And, it, and you can kind of tell that because, again, there, from what the hell we saw, there should be no reason why he should be in this quarterback bat. No, he yet he is. And of the, they've all been struggling from what I've been reading and what mm. I've been seeing. Yes. They've all been struggling. It oh. hasn't been great. Yeah. But Mason has just been. He puts he um, unplayable capital S in yes. struggle. It, it has not been good. Kenny's had a couple, you know, but I mean they chalked it up to just being a rookie and also like the draft cuts wasn't great. Mitchell Drabisky, I think, has been struggling a lot because he hasn't had a lot of first-team reps in, in a while because yeah. he was backing up Josh Allen. It hasn't been good. I do think, though, I, it's just there's there's not a there, there's no winning situation here where you can th- there's no way out of it. Like you can't do what we saw Chicago do last season. Which is go back and forth between Andy or yeah, between Andy, uh, Andy Dalton and, and, and Justin. You can't do that. Yeah. You you really don't have a lot of options here with where you can go. No, no, no. That looks terrible. That's horrible. And you see what's going on with Chicago right yeah. now. You see Chicago was horrible last year. They so disgusting. Yeah. So here's a question. Now I'm thinking about it. Is this? For lack of a better term, is this Mr. Bisky's last op- last stop if it doesn't go well? Because uh, it didn't go well in Chicago, but we can chalk that up to, I mean, you're seeing what Chicago is at, after him. We're going to chalk that up to management and stuff. Then you go to the Bills because you, you're hoping that the same formula that helped Josh Allen go from being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league to MVP candidate. You hope that that helps. So then do you think that this could be like his last stop if it doesn't work? I don't I don't think so. I think I think the Chicago thing holds a lot of weight. I also think, though, that like the league recognizes and Mitch recognizes as well, of course, that he is not the long term answer. Mm-hmm. In, in Pittsburgh like you, you're not going to sign a two-year deal for your long-term answer yeah. you're just not um and he's also on the right side of 30 like he's still young so if he was the long-term answer they would have signed him to at least four um unless maybe you're like let's just see what happens these first two years and build around and then we'll go from there um I don't think so I don't think it should be there's there are a lot of options um with what's going see but see but there's also a lot of 
places that need quarterbacks that instead of just hanging tight yeah. and just waiting for next season when the quarterback is better, they just panicked and just mm-hmm. drafted a quarterback. Um, but like there are places that I think will still need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Carolina is going to need to figure out their quarterback situation because I doubt that Baker Mayfield is a long-term option there. You're not going to trade for Baker Mayfield if you have trust in Sam Darnold. And there's still the possibility that for some god-awful reason, they go out and try to draft another quarterback soon, which wouldn't make any sense. Um, no, didn't they draft Matt Corral this season, actually? Yes, they did. No, yeah, Matt so Corral. Like not- Matt Corral plays for the Washington Commanders. Most of you guys drafted Sam Howell. That's that's it. I'm sorry. It was, um, it was so that was gonna be that was gonna be the next one. It's like you could go to Washington, but you traded for Carson Wentz, and then you also drafted Sam Howell. So like that, you can't go and then try to get Mitchell Trubisky in a couple of years because that's not gonna be good. Um, Houston, but like Houston is just so bereft of anything that I wouldn't even want that for Mitch. Um, you're not going to go back to Chicago. Definitely not. Uh, you, 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 Mitch, whether whether they don't want you or whether Mitch doesn't want, like you're not. Th- th- so there's a lot of different places that need a quarterback or that are are in or are what's the word I'm looking for? Quarterback need adjacent, mm-hmm. but they've all mismanaged their quarterback situation so yeah. much so where it's like even Atlanta, you you grab Marcus Mariota, but then you draft Desmond Ritter, and it's draft the same thing. Desmond Ritter, yeah. where it's like. If neither of those guys pan out, you really can't go get somebody else because you got to stick to this. You, you, yeah. Like, so it's – I would hope it's not the end for Mitch. I would hope Pittsburgh's not the last spot for Mitch. Um, best case scenario for Mitch, though, is he just turned into one of those, like, old veteran, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of thing. He just becomes a journeyman that just kind of, like, pops in maybe yeah. if they really need him, which is unfortunate because I think he's talented and I think he could be – he, he, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl for sure. That's not that's well, not no, Mitch for sure. But he is going to be. He is definitely someone that you could see in that at his best in that Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G kind of range. Where like I can get you to the playoffs and maybe win you a couple games. Like that's going to be our ceiling. And I'm sure there are teams that would like that because it'd be much better than where they've been the past couple seasons. Well, you are high on Mitch, just <laughs> like you are high on the Philadelphia 76 <laughs> talking about playoffs jesus yeah i think i think i think in the right situation okay. where mitch doesn't have to do too much mm-hmm. and he can just play the most basic brand of football mitch Trubisky can get you in a position where you can p- get into the playoffs his the, the best road to that would be in the nfc because afc is too stacked for, for for way too long but yeah i think mitch could in the right situation lead a team to the playoffs so let's let's move on to the loudest, and I mean the absolute loudest team this offseason, and that is the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Um, I'm not going to talk about the allegations, yep. uh, but we have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Before we actually discuss the entire team, Deshaun Watson was handed down six game suspension for the allegations, uh, the multiple allegations that he has against him. Um, now, of course, the, the league has appealed, so we'll wait to see what they say. But do you feel that six games was enough, in your opinion? I don't know if this is too much, but hell no, that wasn't enough. That's not even close to enough. I mean, I said on my show and I talked about the Browns with my guy Peyton Doyle that if I were in charge and I know they've changed the way that they do these things. This is the first, this is, 
a lot of people are saying this is the first major case. Now, this is the first case under the new system, under the new CBA of like how they do these things, right? So I recognize that this is all kind of just figured out. But if I was in charge, he would be on the commissioner's exempt list until this is all figured out. It's just the best way to do it. It's the safest way to do it. It protect, it, 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 it protects the NFL. It kind of, in a way, protects the Browns, even though they kind of got themselves into this mess. And it protects Deshaun Watson, which is what he needs. Someone needs to protect Deshaun Watson from himself because he needs to keep his hands on himself. Um, you put him on the commissioner's exemplars. You don't let him touch a football. You don't let him show up to Browns anything until this is all sorted out. And then once it's all sorted out from a legal standpoint and then from an NFL standpoint, then you suspend him. Mm. What I believe as the reason why the six games was given as six, aside from what um sue robinson said is i do think and it shouldn't have been and this is just me i don't i I don't i haven't heard anyone else say this this is just my own personal thinking i think that there is a slight possibility that sue robinson looked at the fact that deshaun watson hadn't played in a year and that may have been taken into consideration i know she didn't officially say that but that's what i'm thinking because we're talking about 24 allegations in my mind if he's not going to be banned indefinitely at the bare minimum, he should have gotten 24 games, just a game for each allegation. I think that's fair. That's just like the barter system. As far as that's concerned, there's a guy, I don't remember his name, but someone in the MLB got suspended for two whole years for something very similar to Trevor Bauer. Right now, granted there's 162 games in an MLB season. So that's, that equates to a lot more than (laughs) we're talking about the NFL, but still it's, it's, it's comparable. Um, I don't blame the NFL for pushing for a year. It, it warrants a year. And the time served argument stinks because Deshaun Watson didn't have to sit out last season. Deshaun Watson chose to sit out last season because he didn't want to play in Houston. It's not like Deshaun Watson was told by Houston, look, you're not playing, or there was a reason why Desha- or this thing happening last season was the reason why he was sitting out. No, he, he was like, look, I don't want to play for the Texans, so I'm not going to play football. So he sat out for a season. No someone should have told him to get his butt on the football field. We wouldn't be in this situation. Um, but no, six games is enough. I think six games is a slap on the wrist. I get that six games is the steepest punish initial punishment that's been handed down um, for violating the code of conduct policy. But if you really get down to the nitty gritty, it really should have been at least 12 mm. because he, it was like he violated, I think it was, he violated four clauses in the code of conduct policy three times so it's four times 12 it should have been at least 12 games which would have been a little bit more realistic i don't blame the nfl pushing for a year or even indefinite because this isn't going to end anytime soon because there's still cases that need to be settled and there's still the potential that all the other victims could open more cases yeah and that would be a thing um six games was just a slap on the wrist and the cleveland browns better pray to whatever god they believe in that the nfl keeps it at six games or they're going to look really 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 bad like i guess you can say props to them for structuring the contract so that most of the cap hits not until the latter half and not this year because they expected some type of punishment but they better pray to god it stays at six because if it stays at six not only could they still somehow sneak into the playoffs with Deshaun watson coming back in week seven but they also don't look even more stupid than they've already looked the past lots of years for not making good decisions especially when it comes to quarterback decisions yeah um i'm gonna tackle this uh i do think that see here here's the situation that the league finds himself in i think i don't mm, here we go 
I don't understand the six games because of exactly what Sue Robinson said. If you look at some of the words that was used, um, predatory, uh, egregious, lies, they felt like Deshaun Watson, non, no remorse. They felt like Deshaun Watson lied in court. And I, I don't, I, I do, I understand exactly why I got six games. It got six games because when you look at some of the other cases that they're going to talk about, they're going to talk about the Ray Rice case. They're going to talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. The, the stark difference, and this is not me caping for anybody, the stark difference between Deshaun Watson and those cases is those cases we can see what happened. Yeah. Those cases were on camera. I mean, we saw what happened with Ray Rice in the elevator. That was on camera. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't, I still don't understand how you reach six games when you have all that lingo and all that, that offensive language in your report. Yeah. And you still end up six games. What I don't like is I feel like Sue Robinson, while you did say, and it is true, that this is a new process. This is a new process that the league and and everyone wants to do yet. And still it feels like Sue Robinson did the, how the old process was. Yeah. And, and it's like, how are you setting a president, but you're, you're doing the old practices, which is, which got them to six games. So the league now was in a, is in a very, very tough spot because a, you appealed it. So what does that mean? What is the, the, the you appealing? It means the first process that you trusted, you didn't like, and you didn't, you felt like it wasn't, it was, it, it didn't come to the conclusion that it should be. So then you can sit back. If you're Deshaun Watson camp and say, well, what was the point of you trusting that process? If yeah. you're just going to undermine the process. Yeah. I don't, what the league wanted, and I'm going to tell you why they wanted the hook this season. They didn't want the season because the, the, what happened with Deshaun Watson was egregious. They didn't, they, what, what happened to the women? They don't care. Sorry to say this. They do not care about the women. You know, they don't care about the women because Deshaun Watson has six games and Calvin Ridley who bet it legally got a whole season. I said this on the podcast. They don't care about the women because it doesn't really affect their brand. It affects Deshaun Watson. It doesn't affect their brand. The league only cares about their brand. We know if you if you break if if some if Deshaun Watson was caught gambling, like oh oh lord, he's he's done. But it wasn't. So the reason why they're in a pickle, in my opinion, is because, and the reason why they wanted the whole season is because of Week Thirteen. The last thing you want is Cleveland with Deshaun Watson to play in Houston with the Texans. Not to mention, because I don't know if you remember, but the Texans were also in some of these lawsuits as well as, as you know, co-conspirators as far as they were covering up and they were yeah. getting hotel rooms, making them sign NDAs. I feel is going to get to 12. I think 8 to 12. I don't think that because – I. One thing that I do see, and and the the last thing the league and Deshaun Watson wants is them to get, is them to say, okay, whole season plus money. So what they're going to say is, okay, so now we're going to appeal. And then once 
you know, it's appeal, 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 appeal. You can play during your appeals. I don't think people understand that because nothing is official. You can play during your appeals. Yeah. So then this is going to drag out. And then the whole, we, again, the league is a publicity. We know that they do not want to be talking about this come damn near playoff time. Because you know, just like I know, quite as a cap, Deshaun Watson is good enough to take the Browns to the Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, I said this on my show, and the reason why this is so important, Deshaun Watson plays all 17 games. We can see the Browns in the Super Bowl this year. Exactly, and that's the last thing the league wants to do. And 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 as commentators, <laughs> they talk about your life. Exactly. So it's just every like, national want, TV game. You want the biggest to hear game about this or yeah. the playoffs when you know a lot of people they they usually start turning in towards the end during the playoffs, and then you you hear every time Deshaun Watson scores a touchdown, it's just it's just bad. So let's kind of get it off of Deshaun and put on the whole team. Just one more thing, too, and I mean, it, it's a loop, but, like, you look at this from a from a judicial standpoint as far as, like, just, you know, comparing crimes, so to speak. You mentioned Calvin Ridley getting suspended for a year for gambling. DeAndre Hopkins got suspended for six games for PEDs. For PEDs. So, so what you're telling me is that, I mean, based on these rulings so far, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's inability to keep his hands to himself – is not as bad as Calvin really betting on games that he wasn't playing in. And on the same level. And it's on the same level as Deshaun DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins accidentally, accidentally taking yeah. a performance enhancing drug. That's so, the National Football League for you. And this is why this is uh, and I think I think that this is going to be a well, I don't think we know this is gonna be a huge cloud over the over the Cleveland Browns because of yeah. then once the ruling was handed down, the statement that the owner said was, you know, we, we, we accept whatever happened. Like it didn't even, they didn't even let the ink dry on the show. We accept what happened Deshaun Watson's remorseful, even though we have never seen Deshaun Watson even look anywhere close to remorseful. It, it's just going to be, the Cleveland Browns to suspend Sean Watson. That you know, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I mean, like we, you know, we see teams. You know, I mean, we, we see teams. You know, suspend and fine players for you know things that they. The the only way in my because the more we talk about the more like you know if they're going to keep appealing and you're right, Sean Watson can play as long as it's they're appealing because there's no decision made. Yeah, there's no decision made. I, I recognize that the Cleveland Browns want to win a Super Bowl and compete for a Super Bowl and just be relevant because they have been relevant and God knows how long. Yeah. I, I get that. But the best case scenario for this is for the Cleveland Browns to just come up with a decision. Yes. You can't, you, you can't appeal that decision. That's like that's like your boss telling you you're suspended from work. You can't appeal oh, that. Exactly. You can't go. Right. Like you have to yeah, take like if your boss says go home for two weeks, you're 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 done for two weeks. Like you, you can't do it. So that's what that right now that seems to be like the only clear way out. And it might not get the best reception as for, like from fans of the Browns and from players, but like there's one entity that that doesn't really get talked about through all this that really could just open and shut this very simple. And it's the Cleveland Browns in and of themselves. They sit down. They say, Hey, look. This is what 
we deem is acceptable for our players. Yeah. And while we understand that we did sign this man to all this money that's guaranteed, which is which is just a, the epitome of the Cleveland Browns. Of so, well, I get it. you want to compete for a championship. Like the Browns need to swallow their pride, recognize that they 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 got excited and jumped the gun a bit, mm-hmm. and they need to look and say, this is what needs we need to do this because if they do it then in a way the situation's over because it it won't matter like it won't really matter what anyone else says about it because the browns it's it's a loose comparison is like the constitution yeah right the constitution can say okay well the legal drinking age is 21 right um but if the state of montana wants to make their the legal drinking age in their state 22 they have every right to do that yeah. Like, and I think that the Browns should look at that and say, okay, well, the NFL says six, we'll take this six, we'll raise you six. however many, we'll, we'll raise you six more, we'll raise you however many more, and now this is your suspension, and you're going to have to take it. And, and that's probably going to be the only way out of it, but like you said, the Browns probably aren't going to. And, it, and I don't agree because of how they structured their contract. Yeah. I think people are going to be like, oh, the only reason why you're doing a year, and because you knew that, that's why you backloaded the contract, and he's only making a million dollars first year because you knew this was going to happen. That's why I said the the Cleveland Browns, at least in this situation, have made have put themselves in such a poor position. Like it's such crazy. A poor position. Yeah. And and let's move off of Deshaun Watson. Let's go. Let's go to the entire team. What I don't understand is, you know, you're going to be suspended some way somehow so you're not starting the season unless you do the whole appeal thing but you're pretty much not starting the season i don't understand why jacoby recess not getting first first team reps like because it, like it's just a, you i understand deshaun watson didn't play last year but that was on him that wasn't because he was it was just because he didn't want to see did not want to play because he didn't yep. want to play for uh he didn't want to play for houston so why is why is the quarterback that's going to start at least at minimum six games. Why is he not taking first team reps? It, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you have, you have a team that has Denzel Ward that has miles Garrett that has really good pieces. Ninjaku, you know, um, Nick Chubb, of course, we'll talk about Kareem Hunt in a second, but you have all of this yet. Why is this the quarterback that we're about to see start at least at minimum six games? Why is he not taking first team reps? I can't even begin to answer that question for you because it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't I just, get it. It feels like, which is unfortunate because this team is good, especially yep. if we just talked about the Steelers, man. If they adapt, the, you know what? Give it to Nick Chubb. Maybe throw throw 10, 15 times a game. Give it to Nick Chubb. Give it to Kareem Hunt. Let's work the running game. They have a good offensive line. Let's do that because we have two premier backs. It's like I, I just don't I don't understand it, man. It just it, what I feel like is they're they're gonna look at this season as this is a lost season before it even starts because of this whole Deshaun Watson thing. But Jacoby Brissett is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. While no, nobody thinks that he's taking you to the playoffs. Say he say say it does get doubled, and Deshaun Watson gets suspended for six for uh, twelve games. Yeah, at best you could be what four and six, and and there's still there's still I mean yeah there's still time because we don't know what the Steelers I mean, we don't know what the Steelers are going to be. It, it, it 
it just doesn't make sense, man. I, I just feel when you have premier players and when you have players at the top of their position, like Miles Garrett, like uh, Denzel Ward, like Newsom, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it, to me, this is going to be a lot. They, it feels like the, the Cleveland Browns are going into this season thinking, oh, this is a lost season. And it hasn't even started. And that's crazy to me. That is the million dollar question. Why? I, I didn't know that. Why isn't Jacoby Brissett getting first team reps with the offense? That's a, I didn't know that. So just, there you go. Learn something new every day. That, that that's inexplicable. I you I, I can't give you a reason. I don't know why the Browns can't give you a reason for that because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, bro. Um, it, it just, it, it's like you're, you're you're he's sharing he's sharing first team reps, but Deshaun Watson's taking most of them. When Deshaun Watson may not even play this year. I, I get they're, trying to get, they're trying to get him back into shape. But again, that's on him. He was yeah. the one that wanted to, it's not like he was suspended last year, like you said. So I don't know, man. That's 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 the Cleveland Browns for you. I don't I don't have much hope for them, even which is crazy because of how good their team is as far as on paper, even with Jacoby Brissett starting. Yeah. But I just I, I because of this whole because of how they've done they've they've worked this offseason, whether it was Deshaun Watson, whether it was Baker Mayfield getting absolutely really nothing for him, it 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 just it just doesn't make sense, man. Yep. It's the epitome of the Cleveland Browns not making sense. So let's 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 get off of Cleveland. Let's get off, let's talk about a team that uh <laughs> probably suffered the most injuries I've ever seen in my life last year. And that was the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Um, the, until the deal gets done, the looming question over this entire season is what is the future of Lamar Jackson with the Ravens? Um, I do think Lamar Jackson has played it well, as far as the timing Seeing as sure. though you want to wait, you see what Kyler Murray gets, you see what uh, a lot of these other quarterbacks get. And of course, to me, he's better than a lot of those quarterbacks. And he has at least one thing that a lot of them don't have, and that is an MVP, unanimous MVP at that. And the Ravens are a good team. Uh, do you feel like, do you feel like this, that's going to be a, how do you, Let's say this. Let me ask you this. If a deal does not get done by the end of this year, yeah. do you think we will start next year with Lamar Jackson on the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah, the Ravens will the Ravens will tag Lamar. A lot of I'm in the minority, I think, on the Lamar Jackson situation. Lamar Jackson, from a player standpoint, has some moniker of leverage right because of all the quarterbacks that got paid and have gotten paid over the last few seasons mm -hmm. there are only three of them that are definitively better than him that's josh allen patrick mahomes and aaron Rodgers. everyone else is not better than him mm -hmm. or you can debate whether they are and i have been debating pretty vehemently that I would take Dak over Lamar. But whoa, okay. Have that conversation. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's Jesus. fine. Um it's it's not even like a wash. It's just a a, a a preference thing, I guess. But 
I don't think Lamar has the leverage that most people think he does. I mean, of course, you can make the argument that, like, look, like, you don't win games without Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is a valid point, and that there aren't many quarterbacks that are better than Lamar Jackson out there. Um, and that is also another valid part. There aren't many quarterbacks out there that are better than Lamar Jackson, and most of them are young in his age bracket and locked up with another team for at least the next three to five years. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. But Lamar's representing himself. Which I mean, it's fine, right? You know that no one knows you better than yourself. No one can speak for you in negotiating better than yourself. But just to play devil's advocate, from the Ravens' perspective, I don't think that the Ravens do think this. But we've seen in recent memory twice mm-hmm. how these things play out. Let's go back to a couple of years ago, Washington. What happened? Kirk Cousins played on the tag twice because Washington didn't want to play Kirk. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that resulted in Kirk Cousins leaving Washington. But they got two more years, two more good years out of Kirk Cousins for cheap. Mm-hmm. What happened to Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott, in his contract year, broke his ankle. What they do? They put him on the tag. He comes off the tag. He gets paid. So Dak wins. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens can very well put Lamar Jackson on the tag. And the reason why I think that the that Baltimore has the leverage is because the kind of player that Lamar is every time that someone wants to ask Lamar about contract talks would Lamar say, Oh, well, I'm not the type of guy to hold out or hold in. Cause I'm here to play my brothers. I'm not gonna leave my brothers high and dry like that. So if 12 months from now, the Ravens and Lamar don't come to an agreement and the Ravens say, here, you play on the tag. Lamar can't say no. Cause Lamar has already said on the record, he's not going to hold out or hold in for that matter, mm-hmm. sit out of games and leave his brothers on his team high and dry. Yeah. So from a player stature standpoint of look, there's not many quarterbacks that are better than me in the league. There's not many quarterbacks in the league that are available that give you a better shot at winning right now in a super right now, all of that works in Lamar's favor, but Lamar is a stand-up guy and the Ravens know that. And I'm not saying that there is no sense of urgency for the Ravens to pay the man. Of course there is a sense of urgency, but there's a number that they have in mind that maybe they're not willing to pay Lamar. And here's the issue specifically that works in Lamar's favor for the Ravens is we just watched a man who we haven't seen play football in a year, get paid $230 million guaranteed. We've seen Lamar Jackson play the last couple of seasons since Sean Watson has been sitting out Yeah, and the last time we saw Deshaun Watson play football, Lamar Jackson was winning MVP. And last season, without Lamar Jackson, the Ravens were okay. They weren't great. They were okay, though. So I sell that to say, if you are if you want to look at it from a who has leverage in a, negotiating, in a negotiating standpoint right now, the answer is absolutely Lamar. But in a long-term perspective, because there is going to become a point in time where they, these contract talks are just going to have to stop. And that time is coming up soon as it haven't already passed. From a franchise tag standpoint, which is where we're going to be at the end of this season if he doesn't get that extension is, well, you already told everybody that you're not going to hold out Mm -hmm. and you're not going to hold in if we put this tag on here. So we're going to tag you because the Ravens are going to, if we don't, if we can't reach the extension, we're going to tag you, gives us another year of extending and you're going to play, not because we're making you play, but because you've already told us, your team and everybody listening in the media and fans that you're not going to, you wouldn't sit out. So from it's not the best way to look at it, but there's leverage on both sides. It really just depends on the timing factor. And from a timing standpoint, I do think that it is more urgent for Lamar to get this done than Baltimore because teams are allowed to tag players twice. I can do that. 
I hear what you're saying, bro. I can, I could, I couldn't disagree more, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. This isn't like, this isn't like, let's talk about your beloved Green Bay Packers. This isn't like your, your beloved, and, and this is no offense to anybody, but the system isn't Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that to say, yes, Aaron Rodgers, they're like, if, if it's not like Jordan Love can come in and just do great, but the system isn't Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks, but the system right. is not Aaron Rodgers. You right. still have one of the best defenses in the league. You have a good offensive line. You have a good running back. The system is not Aaron Rodgers. Yes, right. it will look drastically different. You guys would be drastically worse without Aaron Rodgers, but that's not the system. The same cannot be said for the Baltimore Ravens. The right. Baltimore is the Mar Jackson is the system. Right. There's no way there's, there is no way you can plug somebody else in what they tried. Hell, that's why they got Joe Flacco out of here. Cause there's no way you can plug somebody else in and do the same thing Lamar Jackson does. 100%. That's one reason why I think he has leverage too. last year. Like we just said, they suffered the most injuries hell in training camp than I've ever seen. I think they had at one point like 30 people on the 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 injured list. The only team that had more injuries than them last season was the Titans. And Lamar Jackson, even with all that, still had the Ravens number one in the AFC North. Yep. And actually, the Ravens started just plummeting once he uh, twisted his ankle and didn't play. Yep. So that's leverage right there saying, hey, mm -hmm. Even I can make things work even without with without little to no help. Because I think the whole accuracy thing, he needs to get better accuracy, but they make it seem sure. like he can't, he can't hit a, a, the side of a barn, which doesn't make sense to sure. me. Yeah. Another one. We talked about it. Kyler Murray got paid. Yep. And we just look at the last time we saw Kyler Murray, the man was throwing the ball directly to a Rams player in the end zone, by the way. Yeah, that but, wasn't a good look at all. <laughs> Deshaun Watson got paid. Yeah. It's, it, and it's... Yes, I understand the franchise tag in two years. I get that. But Lamar Jackson is, what, 22, 23 years old? Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to make yourself happy for two years? Or do you want to lock him down for the next five six seven years but the thing is there's not another player in the league like lamar jackson no no that's one that's another reason why and now and i mean forecasting the, the college there's not another player coming into the league in the next few years that looks like lamar jackson nope. so that's why i think he has all the leverage now one thing that I will say about the Baltimore Ravens is that they have a history of, of taking care of their players. Yeah. I mean, they took care of Justin Tuck until, I mean, uh, oh, not Justin Tuck. What's his name? Um, I forgot his name. But the, they, they, they take care of their players. I just, I, I, just, I just think, yeah, you, Lamar Jackson said, I'm not holding out. But that was also under the impression that they're going to get a deal done. No, of course, of course. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if a deal doesn't get done, then all the leverage shifts to the Ravens because then they can say, 
we're still not liking this number. We're going to put you on the tag. Like, no, I, so right now I agree with you. All mm-hmm. the leverage is in Lamar Jackson's court. And, and it's, it's more of like a balls in your court kind of thing. Baltimore, yeah. this is my number. And the longer you wait, the more this number couldn't go up. But if what, if, and I don't know what the date is on top of my head, but once that date passes, when mm-hmm. you can no longer have official contract negotiations, yeah, then in a way, all the leverage shifts back into the front office's advantage because then they can say, well, until we come to agreement, we're going to put you on the tag. And, I, and because we know that that's how you feel, yeah. not that they would put them on the tag, but if it gets to a point where they do say, look, we're just going to put you on a tag. I don't think they should. They should pay the man. He's, and, he's and, and, that, and that's what pay I'm him. saying. And, we're just paying him. That's if what they, I'm, but if they're being stubborn and choose not to, then they know in their mind, because of who he is, they're going to get a full another full year true, cheap out of Lamar because yeah. he's not going to sit out. That's not the kind of guy he is. That's what I mean. It's not like a right now thing. It's only if it gets to the point where there's not a negotiation 12 months from now and they got to tag him. Baltimore won't be losing sleep about what they're going to do with the quarterback position if they put a tag on the table for Lamar. And I think play on the tag. And I think they will. Cause I think, I think the leverage even goes more in and, and where I disagree with the leverage goes even more. If they put on the franchise tag is then what happens? In my opinion, you lose the fans because the fans are the fan. Like you just, like we said, the Mar Jackson is a beloved player. Yeah. And it's like, damn, everything that he's doing for you guys. And you putting me on the franchise tag. Yeah. And then you also lose the locker room. Cause it's like, damn, Lamar Jackson, he said like, he's a stand up guy. And then I also think you all at that point, if you put him on the franchise tag, your days are numbered with Lamar Jackson. And that's, that's barring injury or not your days are numbered instead of locking him up for five, six, hell, I don't think he'll get this type of contract, but you see the type of contract that uh, Patrick Mahomes got. What, and Patrick ten- Mahomes' contract is going to be restructured in the next like two or exactly. three years anyway. Yeah. So you, you give him a long-term contract. Now it's like, I don't got to worry about it. Instead of you give him, all right, we're going to franchise tag him for two years. It's like, at that point, I think he lost him. Yeah. You, and um, if you want to extend the conversation a little bit, I think these Ravens have a good chance of making a lot of noise in the playoffs. Because... I think one one thing that I'm I'm banking on is year after year Lamar Jackson has improved, whether it is his decision making, whether it's the amount of times that he he throws the ball, whether it's you know his interception problem that he kind of had coming in, he has gotten better year after year, and you are getting big names like uh, Marlon Humphreys, like Marcus Peters. You should get Derek Wolf back. Uh, Calais Campbell is coming back. You get J.K. Dobbins back. Hell, you get your whole running back core the, the only the only questions that i have with this ravens team is their wide receiver core their number one wide receiver is rashad bateman while i don't i mean i think he's a stud i just don't know if he's an, if he's a number one receiver you lose you know uh hollywood brown but hollywood brown was dropping balls left and right i mean it is i just yeah. you still have mark andrews i just think that you don't want to mess up this chemistry. I don't think that this is a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't. And that's no offense to Lamar. I just think some of the teams that in the AFC are just better all around teams. But you do not want to mess up this team, especially a team that went through all that they went through last year. So I think that they they could make some noise. Not saying that. I think that they're. <laughs> Let me see. 
I think outside of the Bills, they're better than every other team in the AFC uh, East. I think that they're better than every single team in the AFC South. Mm, I think the Colts are better than every team. I think they're a more complete team. I think despite that Lamar is obviously better than Matt Ryan, but they've got a better running back. They've got a better line. They have a better defense and they have a better wide receiver room by default. They'll probably, the, 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 and the Colts should win more games because their schedule is a very friendly schedule Very true. for a second place team. They have a very friendly schedule given that they play um, six games against the AFC South and then four games against the NFC East. Um, But I do agree with you that they're better than every team outside of Buffalo and the AFC East. That's that's a that's an open and shut case there. So I do think that they're going to be drastically better than last year by default yeah. as far as all yeah. the injuries and stuff. And I, I I think they can make some noise. And I'm going to do my hot take. I'm, I have a hot take. Okay. Yes, we're we're gonna we're, Do you have some? Do you have something? Uh, last thing on the Ravens. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about this wide receiver thing because I hear everyone talk about this wide receiver thing. And okay. I'm like, oh, they don't invest in the wide receiver. They don't invest in the offensive line. Yeah, they never have. That's not a Baltimore thing. Baltimore's mm-hmm. known for defense. I just looked up how many all-pro receivers have ever played for Baltimore. Three. Three? Yeah. Three. Uh, let's see. We got Jermaine Lewis back in 98. Jesus Christ. Devin Duvernay in 2021. So. Okay. Devin so Duvernay? Two. No, he got it for – hold on, hold on. Didn't he but get like, it he like, got it for He got it for something else, not for being saying, a wide receiver. Like he got it for being a kick returner. Yeah, but he's listed as a wide receiver, so it counts. Um, Jacoby Jones Kobe, got it in 2012, yeah, uh, which is the year they won the Super Bowl. Right, even if you go to the offensive line, like okay, so Jonathan Og- Ogden is a four-time All-Pro from in '97. Uh, let's see who else we got on here. Mar- Morgan Cox is a one-time All-Pro as a center. He was a center in 2020. Um, just scrolling down the list here, you got an offensive tackle, Ronnie Staley. Makes perfect sense. It's Ronnie freaking Staley. That's it. There's not many All-Pro talents that have ever played for the Baltimore Ravens or the wide receiver or, or wide receiver. So the reason why I bring that up is because I get it. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't have the best weapons, but the Baltimore Ravens have never really paid or invested in their wide receivers like that. The Baltimore Ravens have historically been a defensive anchored football team. You think about some of the greatest defensive players of all time. Some of those, some of those names have walked through the halls of the Baltimore Ravens, namely Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, both of whom are all famers right now. The other thing too is, Let's stop disrespecting Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown like they weren't great, relatively great in Baltimore. Mark Andrews is a top five receiver in, or a top five tight end, excuse me, in football. And Marquise Brown recorded a thousand yards two years ago. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't due to injury and several dropped passes, he would have had a thousand yards again last season. So I get it, right? Marquise Brown is not one of the better receivers in football. He's not. I recognize that. The dead, the Des Bryant experiment didn't pan out the way they thought it would. Mm. But the wide receiver and offensive line issue isn't a uniquely Lamar Jackson thing. It's not like Lamar Jackson's here and now or just not going to draft wide receivers and, and, and beef up the O-line and, and spend that money at those. No, that's 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 been Baltimore's thing. Baltimore has always focused on D linemen linebackers safeties cornerbacks and justin tucker that's just been where all their money kind of goes maybe if they're lucky they'll draft a guy they can keep for a couple years but when it comes time to trade him if his name comes up they're gonna trade him right like that's just kind of how it works even you look at probably one of the best offensive players ever played 
for Baltimore, Shannon Sharp. Yeah. They, they got Shannon Sharp and they had Shannon Sharp for like two or three years. He didn't even stay that long before he went back to Denver. Like it's not offensive weapons. This isn't a team that is known for having great offensive weapons. So the wide receiver argument for me doesn't hold much weight because this isn't a uniquely Lamar Jackson thing. My, the only pushback that I'll have to that is you're absolutely correct. The difference between those situations is they've had hall of fame defensive teams like the old, the, the old one Ravens is, or the 2012, 2012 Ravens. They, they've had historic teams, not to mention the fact that if you look at the, if you look at um, help, we talked about him earlier. Ray Rice was tough, bro. Before, before he he got hurt and before the whole situation he was tough not to mention the fact that you also have to look at what were the teams happening around them the cleveland browns were got had been god awful for god long probably since uh a while a while so they didn't have to worry about them the only teams they really had to worry about they really didn't have to worry about cincinnati either the only except for like maybe one or two seasons when they kind of caught fire yeah so i just think yeah i think and those teams that you're talking about offense wasn't really the primary thing. Now, right. if you look every team that's, that's solid, especially in the AFC has a, a Devontae Adams has a Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I'm not going to disrespect Mark Andrews, but Travis Kelsey's up the street, you know, uh, Jamar chase T Higgins, who's the number two receiver. So yeah. it's, that's all I'm saying, man. That's, 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 but I, I do hear what you're saying and it does make sense, but Hot take. I understand that they uh, beefed up their offensive line. I understand that you have uh, a generational player, a talent in uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But there's always one team that doesn't make the playoffs that made it a year before. Uh I think this division is going to see two of them the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to tell you why. One, they damn near lost to the Raiders in the, was it the wild card game? It was. I like what they did. I I mean, it was glaring that their biggest problem was the offensive line. Yeah. But everyone almost it, it feels like damn near the entire afc got better when we talk about the broncos when we talk about the chargers when we and the Chargers didn't even make the playoffs last year when we talk about the raiders i just feel there's going to be teams that fall out oh and not to mention we j- you just talked about the colts the colts have i was talking um i was talking to my man's uh the, the episode was going to drop soon but the colts have a super bowl caliber roster it's just uh yeah the quarterback position is what they've been struggling. My hot take is I think they're going to be exciting, but I think that the, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are not making the playoffs. Really? Just, I have the Bengals as the third seed in the AFC. I think they're going to go back to back winning the division. I think I've gone as far as to say a couple weeks ago that they'll win the division by a landslide. I've, I've, I've come down off of that high a bit, but I hear what you're saying. I'll match your hot take with another hot take that I've gotten a lot of heat for, but I don't care because it's just like just facts are facts. I have the Denver Broncos finishing last in the AFC West and not making the playoffs. I, I just I, I don't see 
Mm. I don't see the scenario. I'll actually pull up for you my record predictions. They're not all the way done. I've been doing some tweaking. A lot of it has to do with Deshaun Watson. But right now, um, I have the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Colts, the Chargers, I think are the five teams that are locked into the playoffs. Like no matter what happens, I think those five teams are going to be locked into the playoffs. Um, I have the Chiefs and the Chargers both winning 12 games because it's going to take at least 12 because the Chiefs were season under Patrick Mahomes. They won 12 games, which was last season, I think, and they mm-hmm. still won the division. So you're going to have to win at least 12 games in the AFC West to win the division. That's for sure. Um, outside of those five teams, then we get into the teams that are in the middle, which for me are the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Raiders. I think we'll all have 10 wins this season. The tough thing for those three teams is that New England plays both the Patriots and the Raiders this season, Mm -hmm. but the Raiders and the Patriots don't play each other. So that game against New England for both of those two teams means that much more when it comes down to playoff seeding because they don't have a game against each other to say, like, one has a tiebreaker over the other because of the defeat. Miami, I get it, but I have Miami and Denver at nine wins. And if for some reason Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension holds at six, I also have the Browns at nine wins. So, like, it gets really crowded on the back end. I think it is more likely that the Ravens miss the playoffs than Mm -hmm. it is that the Bengals missed the playoffs. And the reason I say this is because I agree with you. I do agree that there are teams that are going to miss out, but the two teams, the three teams actually that I think are going to miss out are New England, Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, um, and Tennessee. I don't see a scenario where Tennessee makes the playoffs this season because they've lost too much. Um, and by too much, I mean AJ Brown. That's a lot to lose. That is <laughs> when he was pretty much fifty per like the other fifty percent of their offensive production, not named Derrick Henry, right? And I don't know right now if Traylon Burks can seamlessly fill in those shoes. Um, New England's they did improve. The issue I have with New England though is they improved, but there's other middle of the back teams from last year that improved much more than they did. Like the Raiders improved a lot more. The the Chargers improved a lot more. The the Browns, if they have Deshaun for the for the other 11 games of the season, improved a lot more. And as did uh, the Colts improve a lot more. That that makes an issue. And then Pittsburgh, I mean, I know I'm pretty high on Mitchell Trubisky, but I mean, Pittsburgh's not. They've got, they're going to have to get back to exceptionally great defense this season if they want to try to get back into the playoffs because that's their only hope. So I understand why. There's usually usually the team that loses in the Super Bowl is the team that gets more hungover mm-hmm. than the team that wins. Um, I do think though that the one thing that works in Cincinnati's advantage is that they, just like the Bills, and I think just like the Chargers, are going to have a high-powered offense, mm-hmm. and their defense won't be as good as Buffalo's. It won't be as good as Los Angeles's but it will be a respectable defense. A lot of that hinges on what they do with Jesse Bates and his contract situation, because if I'm not mistaken, that's still yet to be resolved. Um, And I think he's holding out, but I'm not 100% sure about that. So that also plays a massive factor in it as well. I I completely think they'll be fine. I completely forgot about Tennessee. I will say this. The biggest reason... I may change my pick right now just because I forgot about Tennessee, but I will say 
I guess another hot take I have, and I'll talk about it when I when you know I do the breakdown of the West. I think every team in the AFC West is making the playoffs. So I mean, it's possible. And, and if there's I, one team that's missing it for me, it's the Brown. It's the Broncos. There's so much going on in Denver yeah. that not a lot of people are talking about. That's true. They did just lose uh, their one of their wide receivers for the season. Um, I just feel I, I, one thing that I do agree with you about with Cincinnati is they have something that they're in the entire division. And I think they have the best offense in the entire division. Um, as far as, you know, Joe Burrow, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, they have the best offensive weapons. It's just, and they have a good offensive line at this point now, seeing as though, which is leaps and bounds better than last year. I'm just looking at everybody else. And, and I do right. think that they kind of squeaked in last year. Now, they did catch fire as far as once they got in, but they right. did kind of squeak in. And right. I'm looking at, like I said, I'm expecting the Broncos to be better. I'm expecting the Raiders to be better. I'm expecting the Colts to be better. Yeah, it's the, the Chargers to be better. I don't know about the Pittsburgh. I mean, I don't know about – uh. so, yeah, I got Pittsburgh. I have New England. I totally forgot about Tennessee. It might be Tennessee. Um, so, But that's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. But I think they'll be good. I think they'll be good. Uh, so before we go, we did just talk about the whole division. Um, who is your who is your surprise team or surprise player to look out for in the AFC North this year? If they stick to whatever decision they make heading into week one, I think it'll be the Steelers. Hmm. Because while I don't have them making the playoffs right now, I think this is a team that could make the playoffs. I think Najee Harris, who is my going to be my surprise player, despite this being a terrible line, I think he'd go for a thousand yards this season rushing. Um, I don't love the wide receiver core, but I think it can do just enough to keep him afloat. Um, I really, really, really like the addition of Brian Flores. I know he's like the senior defensive assistant and he's also the linebackers coach. Yeah. That defense looked terrible last season. They couldn't stop a cold. Um, TJ Watts coming off a defensive play of the year season where he tied the record for most sacks in a single season, 22 and a half. Shout out to that for him for that. I think Minka's going to go back to being what he is mm -hmm. and not being basically a fifth linebacker because the yeah. defense couldn't stop a run. Um, you've got two guys now on that staff, head coach Tomlin and, and, and now Flores where like they're like no BS dudes. They're all about discipline and they're both defensive guys. Mm -hmm. And I think, that Pittsburgh, if they can get back to their roots of just, and I know it's not, it's, it's not, it's going to be tough because the offensive line is not good, but if they can get back to their roots of just running the ball and being physical offensively and being physical defensively, they could surprise a couple teams. I think they'll benefit from the fact that Cleveland will play them at least one time without Deshaun Watson. That'll be huge. The second time they play them will be with Deshaun Watson, but it'll be in Pittsburgh last game of the season. Yeah. So they could sweep this. They could sweep them this season, even if, if Sean Watson does play that last game. I think they can get one against Baltimore because they always get one against Baltimore, it seems like. Um, and I'm, I wouldn't count them out against Cincinnati, although I do have Cincinnati sweeping them. Like, Pittsburgh has a, a, a friendly schedule for a team that finished second in the – in the in in their division like it's a lot friendlier than you would think because a lot of the teams that they're playing against are kind of like in their same bracket as far as like the differences isn't that big right like and of course they have some other friendly games like they've got a game against the jets they have a game against the dolphins they've got uh atlanta they've got carolina they so like there's games 
that you can see for sure these are going to be wins. And then there's a couple of games against some teams that are much better than that you're going to lose. Like, they're not going to beat Buffalo in Buffalo, and they're not going to beat Tampa Bay, yeah. right? But they have other games against some of these other teams we talked about, like Las Vegas and like Indianapolis, that if they show up prepared defensively, specifically, they could steal the win. And I think that Pittsburgh's going to be a trap game for a lot of teams. But it's only if they – like, if it's only if, like – even though I don't think they should start Kenny Pickett, whether they start Kenny Pickett, whether they start Mitchell Trubisky, whatever decision they make, they stick to it and they just build around that player. Mm-hmm. They could sneak into the playoffs. And I think they could surprise some teams. Cause like, this is Mike Tomlin we're talking about. And he hasn't had a losing season ever. Yeah. I'm sure he recognizes that this would probably be the season most likely for it to happen. But I'm, I mean, we all know he's not going to go down without a fight and he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that he keeps this team competitive. And they could be one of the sneakiest teams in football, not even just in the division. Uh, yeah, I hear you. My answer is Rashad Bateman. I think the Ravens are so high on him. They're so high that they let Marquise Brown walk. Um, I, now, yes, I do understand that the main focus of that offense, out, you know, as far as pass catchers, is going to be Mark Andrews. But I do think that one thing that helped Mark Andrews succeed is having a receiver that at least gives you the perception that they can take the 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 top off with one catch and, and with his speed and his his quickness with Marquise Brown. I think I mean right now he's the number one receiver. That is Rashad Bateman. And they're hoping that they they they're pretty much putting all their baskets in the Rashad Bateman thing. I mean, even though he was trash for them, they let Sammy Watkins go. They let you know the Des Bryant, like you said, situation didn't work yeah. out. They they move Dirt Devernay. He is now a, a wide pri- premier wide receiver for them. So I think Rashad Bateman, if he if he turns into the player that they hope he is and that they drafted him to be, oh yeah, look out, look out. That's 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 just that's just what I think. And last question, I think I think you said your answer, but I'll ask you, who do you have winning this division? Cincinnati by three games at least. Oh, that is a runaway, bro. <laughs> That's I, no. So the reason, I mean, I, I don't think. I guess you can call it a runaway, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be like they'll be running away with it from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I think it'll be close between them and Baltimore. Okay. Um, I can actually pull it up right now. And then towards the back end of the season, like Baltimore coming out for the bye has what I think what I consider to be a tough stretch. They have Denver in Pittsburgh in Cleveland. Atlanta, okay, whatever. And then they host Pittsburgh, and then they go to Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's backstretch isn't that tough. Cincinnati has it, – it's kind of tough, but it's not that tough. They have Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, New England, Buffalo. Ah, damn, what you mean, not that tough? Um, it's not – when I say it's not that tough, it's what, what I mean is Pittsburgh and Tennessee, I think, are winnable games, and they're on the road. Mm-hmm. Kind- the, like, Kansas City, I think, is a knock them out drag them out game again, like it's been. But, but they've also beaten Kansas City the last two times they've played them. Mm-hmm. Um, Tampa Bay, I think, will be a tough one. The Bills one is going to be a spanking because uh, it's the Bills. Yeah. Um, the, the New England game, I mean, you got to give respect to Bill Belichick, but, like, the, the yeah. Patriots aren't going to be able to keep up. So what I mean, like, the, the talent gap between the Bengals and who they're playing against isn't as close as the Ravens. Mm-hmm. especially when you consider the fact that you are putting a lot on Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. um, from the standpoint, look, get the man receivers. 
Yeah, it's not their thing, but they. Sh- I'm not just because it's not their thing. Just because I don't think it's their thing doesn't mean they shouldn't do it. They should do it because it would yeah. take the pressure off of them. Um, but it's just, I think, I think Baltimore has a lot more toss up games in their last six mm-hmm. than Cincinnati does, and that's where the three game weed comes in. Is I think Cincinnati benefits from having to play Pittsburgh, Tennessee, um, and New England, whereas the Ravens don't really have many favorable yeah. matchups like that down the stretch. I have Baltimore. Because I remember Lamar Jackson had them at the number one. I mean, at the number, and he they were the number one seed in the a, all of AFC before yeah. they got before he got hurt. Yeah. And then you're getting back damn near everybody, majority yeah. everyone. Um, and while well, yes, one thing that gives me pause still is the wide receiver core. But you're getting J.K. Dobbins back. You're getting Gus Edwards. You get Mark Mark Andrews back. You get on the defensive side Derek Wolf. You get um Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters. I just think those are huge names. Oh, Clayus Campbell, he's coming back for a year. These are these are key pieces that you lost most of them for the entire year. And even with not having them, you were number one in the AFC. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to be better. And I honestly think Lamar Jackson is out to prove something. I think that of course. this is a prove it year, not saying prove it for a contract, but he's about to remind people like, all right, this is what happens when we have our full team. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I have, man, that you have the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I think I'm gonna change my pick. I don't, I don't actually a lot. I'm sorry. It's a two game. Yeah, not a three game guy. But I don't. Whatever. I don't. I don't think. I think Cincinnati's gonna make the playoffs. I completely forgot about Tennessee. <laughs> again, I want to thank Marcus for coming on. I definitely. Again, I'll leave all his links in the script, or I'll leave the links to his podcast and everything in the in the description below. And that was that has been today's episode of the Popular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I truly, truly do. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. No man fall, we all crutches. I dance hall, I blame Duddis. I don't smile, the chain blushes. In my Ukraine, there's no rushes. Kalishnikov, don't piss me off. Walk down with the special, turn your grizzly off. Memory off, memory loss. Put the fire out, in a nigga attic, turn his chimney off. Simply boss, the cross between God body and John Gotti. No Sammy the Bull could tell where we hide bodies. So why try me? My young niggas going kamikaze. Frank White, meet me in the lobby. Shooters got a bullet with your name on it. Always got a method to my madness, bring the pain on it. I will leave a stain on it, make me go insane on it. See me with the gang, so you know I put the game on it. Push. Drugs like we got a membership. These are the keys you cannot start an engine with. Mario Brothers, we stand on bricks. So many extendos, it's like I'm the third member of the clips. For real, why would I ever lie to you? If it's beef, I pick your baby mama up and your son strap that little nigga in his car seat. Make a drive to you, draw you out the house and let both them go. Balenciaga mask on, like where COVID go. Walking Delilah's 40 deep like I own death row. Say it with my chest, wearing no vest though. Aftermath in the rear view, so I drove through.
Without the chain, without the ring The one I bought with my advance when them ounces came What 50 look like doing the verses without the game Earth, wind, and fire, Ron Osley without the cane And where would I be without the cane? Probably the same place R.B. Graham would be without Lil Wayne Same place Kendrick Lamar would be without Shireen Same place Michael Jackson be without Jermaine The Jackson 4 just don't hit the same We the new dope, take that fentanyl out your veins First thing I did was cut it when them couches came So all that rockin' still wouldn't vouch for Dane Okay, I don't really one of them Chains got a bunch of them Brunch with billionaires, they look around like I snuck in here Plus I smell like money from my scully to my underwear Couple diamond chains with some diamond chains of Funnadale F and N with hollow tips, I ain't with the politics Screensaver was a room filled with a thousand bricks Know how I'm coming, boo Make it hard to swallow it. If you don't see me shining, bitch, you need an optometrist. Leather all year round. Call a carpet brown. Always with my dog like I'm Charlie Brown. As far as this stylish shit that's hardly found. I got the Holy Ghost, somebody calm me down. This for street niggas who ain't got they first rolling. This for drug dealers who know when 12 patrolling. This for real bitches that know when niggas be phoning. Crime pays and most of you niggas can't afford it. Tony, alimony. Married to the streets of ass, fat legs, boning. The J's know me cause I used to have glass on me. And strippers know me cause I come and throw cash on them. Slap them like a bad boy. And when I take her on a date, she need a passport. I got her ass done, I got her what she asked for. I told her to bring a friend, I'ma pay for it. Then kicked her out the group chat, she had an Android. This sample sound like auntie on the dance floor. It sound like a hundred pounds in the band, though. It sound like a fucking coupe filled with ammo. It sound like a rose made back in Lambo. It sound like a rose made back in Lambo. It sound like a rose made back in Lambo. It sound like a rose made back in Lambo. It sound like a rose made back in Lambo. It sound like a six four in a glass house. It sound like a six four in a glass house. It sound like a six four in a glass house. Riding through Compton, hitting switches with the ass out. 